and welcome to the End Time Shofar End Time Bible Prophecy Podcast. Today's podcast will be dealing with Jesus' exorcism versus pagan and Jewish exorcism. So primarily we'll be taking a look at how effective when Jesus was conducting his earthly ministry, his methods of spiritual warfare, of casting out um, demons versus how some of the pagan exorcists and Jewish exorcists would go about um, trying to expel demons. So also too, it was a sign that he was advancing the kingdom of God and that he was the Messiah. Um, we're going to look at Matthew 8, verse 28 through 34, kick off the scripture to start this podcast. And it reads, and when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gattersines, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come tither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them, a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us not to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go, and when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their way into the city and told everything and what was befalling to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus when he saw him and they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. So we see how Jesus is in Gentile territory. Um, he, he is taking his disciples across the way and he encounters um, these two demon-possessed men. Um, we also know the story of legions, which is um, somewhat similar also to this, um, that he encounters in um, Mark chapter 5, how once he casts out the demons, they enter into the swine. So we see that Jesus is moving in his earthly ministry, and he has the power, the anointing to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to raise the dead. Uh, let's go over to Mark chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 24 through 30. And it reads, And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into the house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, Sophitian or Phoenician woman by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, 
let the children first be filled and for it is not me to take the children's bread and cast it unto dogs and she answered and said unto him yes lord yet the dogs are under the table eat of the children's crumbs and he said unto her for this saying go thy way the devil is gone out of thy daughter and when she was come to her house she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed so we see that jesus just simply by his authority he speaks he doesn't go into a lot of different methods or formulas to cast out devils this he didn't have any contact with the daughter he just spoke the word and the word went forth and this woman's daughter was delivered by the devil now i know um, as a young christian popular book which is still out pigs in the parlor which kind of basically takes also to when you look at legions uh, when those demons are saying that we're many and they're cast out and they go into um, these pigs um, pigs in the parlor they go into this long um, methodology of how you would cast out demons is you know you got to know them by name you bind you know you call them by name you bind uh, once you know the names you bind um, those those demons and then you cast them out but we see that Jesus and his um, disciples that he gave authority to cast out um, demons and unclean spirits um, they came out in the name of Jesus so they didn't go into asking a long range of questions we see only one example of when Jesus comes in contact with the demon possessed man in Mark chapter 5 he says what is your name he says legions for we're many and then he simply he commands those spirits to come out and he sends them into the pigs oh furthermore let's go to Mark chapter 16 and first we're going to look at verse 9 so Mark chapter 16 verse 9 this is now when Jesus was risen early in the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. So here we see that Jesus' earthly ministry, he was very effective in casting out devils. All right. So we move on. Let's stay within Mark. We look at Mark. Right, let's go to Luke. We're going to go to Luke. Going to go to Luke chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 32 through 41. So Luke, while we turn chapter 4. And we're there. And let's start at verse 32. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. So Jesus, when he came, his word and his doctrine, they were astonished because it was powerful. It, it was the spirit that was moving through him um, that showed the difference between 
any and everybody else. The, definitely a difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse 33, and in the synagogue, there was a man which a spirit of an unclean devil cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who art, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace, come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. So let's continue to read on. And when they were all amazed and spake among themselves saying, what word is this? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country around about. And he arose out of the synagogues and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's mother, or wife's mother, was taken with great fever and he besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever and left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Now when the sun was setting and all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them in unto him and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of many crying out saying, thou art Christ, the son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak for they knew that he was the Christ. So here we see that Jesus isn't, which we're about ready to get into a little bit more. Jesus didn't have a bunch of different formulas or asking these demons with their name, um, simply through his authority and the power of the Holy Spirit, he was casting out these demons, all right? Let's go over to Matthew chapter 12, because we see that the Pharisees have an issue with him. They always had an issue, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had an issue with him walking in this part of the ministry. So verse 22 of Matthew chapter 12, we'll be reading from verses 22 through 28. It says, Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. So we'll stop right there and continue to go on with the scripture. So he is delivering people that are blind and dumb. Um, this is fulfillment when the prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 35, verses four through six, that you'll be able to open up the eyes of the blind and open up the ears of those that are deaf or undone. So we read on in verse 23, and all the people were amazed and said, is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard of it, see, so, so the Pharisees begin to enrage because the people notice, like, this is the Messiah. When they're making a statement, 
um, is not this the son of David? What the people were saying, is this not the Messiah that's been prophesied, that's doing these things because they see that the scriptures are being fulfilled? So we see how the religious leaders become enraged. And verse 24 says, but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow doeth not cast out devils, but by Bezabal, the prince of devils. So what they were doing is it is is blasphemy, they're blaspheming the Holy, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, because they were attributing um, the power and the anointing that Jesus was, was moving under, um, under the influence or under the direct. Um, influence of satanic powers of that he was um, possessed himself and doing these miracles, which was far from the truth. So verse 25, and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself should not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? So I'm going to stop right there. So if indeed he was doing this under satanic influence or demonic spirits being possessed by, by a demon, he's like, you guys are spiritually insane and crazy to think that I'm doing this under the influence of, are under the satanic powers of casting out these demons, then I'm I'm disrupting my own um, their satanic kingdom if I'm doing this. So then when we move on, and he talks about like if he's doing that, then Satan's kingdom is divided. He says, and if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Bezabal cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. So this is what pretty much Jesus tells them that, verse 28, he's casting out devils by the spirit of God and the kingdom of God has come. So the kingdom of God, when Jesus says the kingdom of God suffer violent and the violent take it by force, that means, it doesn't mean that they're actively going out and committing violence or, or, or um, violence against violence and somebody um, does something violently against you. It means in the context of when he's saying that, that the kingdom of God is actively progressing and moving forward, aggressively moving forward against satanic forces. So we see that Jesus, when he's doing his expelling demons, it's fathering the kingdom of God. And then when he tells them, that I'm not doing this by the power when it says Beelzebub, it's talking about Satan, the prince of demons, because Satan is the prince of, of 
the devils. Um, Bezabal is one of the names or figures for for Satan. He's just like, I do this by the hand of God, and you do stuff. Your your children, they do stuff. You're talking about me, but your children, they do things contrary to the word of God. So you're they're 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 hypocrites because they're confronting him and they can't they don't know the scriptures um because they're blinded and they're more into their man-made traditions because even Jesus says um the traditions of men have made the word of God non-effect. So primarily, if you know the Pharisees, they follow more or less the oral um, Torah versus um, the laws of the Torah um, of Moses and the written Torah and the prophets. So they're enraged and they're speaking and they're hating on Jesus and again, Jesus says that your children, which you'll get into, your children, they do different ways of casting out spirits. I want to try to find that scripture, so just bear with me. Um, since this fellow do not cast out devils, but by Bezabal. So look at that. It says, so Jesus knew their thoughts. And then... He says, and if by Bezabal cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? So Jewish exorcists had a different methods during that time, which we'll get a little bit more into um, into this lesson. Um, they had certain methods, certain formulas of casting out devils. So when we look at the very difference of Jesus and how he conducted his exorcism or casting out devils, it differs from, from the pagan exorcist and also to the Jewish exorcist. So we look and see how Yeshua or Jesus, he never uses secondary means in his exorcism, such as fumigation, rings, roots, or herbs, nor does Jesus use incantations, uh, the thorical prayers are specifically composed of psalms or praise as part of his exorcist practice. So he didn't use certain like rings. Um, I believe Josephus um, states that how Solomon's Josephus in his writings, I think the antiquities of Jews, um, he writes how Solomon had the power over demons and he had like this certain ring and certain um, to rid demons and to, to bring them out. And um, there are certain writings where you use certain roots to use to um, pull demons out. But we see that Jesus, by his very word that he spoke with such authority that these spirits were commanded to come out, um, they came out. We also look when Jesus is casting out demons, he merely utters simple command, be quiet, 
come out of him um, with the difference that we see with Jewish and Hellenistic exorcists, the formula consisted of invoking numerous deities, using magical names, um, unintelligible combinations of letters, and the use of some kind of magical material, right? As we can see, Jesus, however, he was able to cast out spirits by his own authority. So here we see that Jesus, by his own authority, that he was able to cast out um, these demon spirits. So I'm going to move on, and we want to go over to the book of Acts, which is a very popular story where we see the sons of Sceva try to cast out this demon out of this vagabond, and we know the story that the man ended up beating him out of their clothes. And this is simply what Jesus is putting forth, like, what are your children? Your children are using um, means of magical incantations and other things and all to, to draw these spirits out. So I'm going to go over to Acts chapter 19, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 20. It says, then a certain, here's the setting of the scripture. Here's Paul. He's in Ephesus. So this is where this is taking place. So it says, verse 13 of Acts chapter 19, it says, then a certain of vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits. The name of the Lord Jesus saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? So in the spirit realm, evil spirits, demonic spirits, they know who is real and who is fake. They know who walks in the authority of the Holy Spirit, who, who is lined up in the will of God, who they respect and who they will respond to. So they're like, like, who are you? Like, you're trying to tell me to come out. Like, we don't recognize your authority. You don't come in the name of the Lord. You don't come in the authority of Jesus Christ. So let's move on. Verse 16, and it says, And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them, or prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded, and this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them, and the name of the Lord was magnified. So the name of the Lord was magnified when they saw this, the supernatural taking place. And it says, and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. So they showed, they confessed, they showed their deeds, they truly had a repentant heart. So we see the fruit of repentance in the next verse. It says, and many of them which use curious arts or occult arts brought their books together and burned them before all. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew 
the word of God and prevail. So the word of God began to prevail because there was a difference between Paul and these sons of Sceva that people can see. So the sons of Sceva, what they attempted to try to do is they weren't authorized to use the name of Jesus because they weren't saved. They didn't have a relationship. They weren't connected to Jesus. They didn't come to faith. So they tried to incorporate the name of Jesus into a magic formula to exercise the demon spirit out of the man. So the, the Jewish exorcists were accustomed to using magical arts of trying to exercise demons out of people. So also when we look at the context of this, that Jewish exorcists were well known in the ancient world, especially in Ephesus. Um, Jews at the time were especially famous for magic and Jewish names were specifically thought to have magical power. So you would see that people would try to incorporate these magic formulas. They would use certain names of the patriarchs to try to bring these spirits out. And they weren't really following the word of God. They had, the, you have to realize that when especially when the Jews had went into Babylonian captivity and they came out, they began to incorporate um, some of these paganism or paganism and certain um, practices that weren't validated by the word of God. So we also see that these Jewish exorcists have begun to use the names of both Jesus and Paul as power words to cast out demons. So they begin to try to incorporate the names of Jesus and Paul into these formulas, these magic formulas to cast out these demons. Jesus didn't need magic because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit and he was able to, he had the fullness of the spirit to cast out these um, demons. So even Jesus gave his disciples and the people that walked with him while he was in earthly ministry, the authority while he was here in his name, they cast out demons. All right. So we're going to go over to Luke. We want to go over to Luke chapter 9. So the, the anointing or the power of God is more effective than the occult magic and that practice. And also when we look at um, 1 John 4 and 4, greater than he that greater than he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we're at Luke. We want to look at chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. It says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over 
all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. All right, we're going to go over to Luke, the next chapter, Luke chapter 10. And we're going to look at verse 1, and then we're going to drop down to verse 17 through 20. It says, and after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them to and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. All right, let's drop down to verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. So when we looked at Luke chapter 9, we see that he commissions the 12 to go out and he commissions them to heal the sick and cast out devils. We see in Luke chapter 10, he commissions the 70 to go out and the 70 come back with the report to um, the heal the sick, cast out devils and to um, father the kingdom and preach the gospel. All right. To preach the good news. So here we have the 70. They return again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So here's Jesus. This is prophetic because prophetically, um, we look over the book of Revelation where when finally Revelation 12, where Satan and his group of evil fallen angels are kicked out of the heavenlies, come down to the earth, it's, it's going to look like that. And he says, behold, I give unto you to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So primarily we shouldn't just rejoice in moving in the spiritual gifts and um, casting out devils. We should rejoice that our names are written in heaven, the Lamb's book of life. Um, because even Jesus says in that day, people will say, um, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So we don't want that to be said. We want to make sure that we're lined up with the word of God, that we're walking um, not just in the gifts of the spirit, but we're presenting good fruit that we're um, having the manifestation of the fruit of the spirit, which Galatians chapter five, I believe verses 22 through um, 23 talks about, but we want to make sure that we are divinely connected with the Holy spirit and that we're living a righteous, holy lifestyle. So verse 19, I want to go back to, it says, but he gave them power to tread up on serpents and scorpions. So when we can look at it, even at Psalms 
um, 91, it talks about treading upon the dragon, treading upon the serpents. This is giving reference that they're able to tread upon demon spirits. Um, even when you look at the context from a Jewish point of view, that serpents and scorpions dwelt in dry places or in the desert. So is um, believe in ancient Judaism that um, demon spirits dwelt out in desert areas. Um, that's why we can look at Psalms um, 68, um, verse six talks about the rebellious dwell in a dry land. So here Jesus gives his disciples, um, he gives the 70 disciples the authority and power to move and to advance the kingdom of God. So people are delivered from the snares of demonic spirits. Um, they're delivered from the influence of demonic spirits. And we have to realize in today's world that things are getting worse and worse. We live in Western civilization where we rationalize everything and a lot of times we think that people have mental illness and other things they do heinous crimes and all is definitely motivated by demon spirits so um, we have to be walking in the holy spirit we have to be full of the holy spirit um, we have to be able to discern if it is indeed a mental illness or if it's a demonic spirit um, that's influenced somebody because even living here in america and people who are using um, um, illicit drug use, which opens yourself up to um, demonic spirits or you're practicing yoga and trans meditation and you open up yourself to um, demon spirits or you're messing with um, tarot cards and Ouija boards and occult practices, it really opens you up to possibly becoming demonically possessed, not just oppression, but um, being possessed. And those demons come and Jesus says that Satan comes to kill, steal and destroy. So his troops come to bring destruction upon you. All right. So we're going to go over to Mark chapter 16. And we're going to look at verses 15 through 20. Mark chapter 16. So we have to really be on, especially in these last days, that Paul says that perilous times should come. And there's definitely an onslaught of demonic activity that's taking place. And sometimes we excuse it as, um, oh, that's just how they are, or, you know, it's some type of mental illness and all, and not necessarily. So we have to be sure um, we try to like drug people, put them on some type of um, psychiatric medication and other things and all, which also opens them up to other things and all, because even in the book of Revelation talks about explosion of sorcery, pharmacia, which covers 
the use of drugs and alter consciousness. So we're at Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. It says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel of every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall not or shall, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. So in his name you should cast out devils. They should speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. So this doesn't mean that you purposely, you have people that are in certain Pentecostal movements who handle snakes and um, they have snakes bite them. They drink poisonous things. Um, you don't supposed to tempt God. Even Jesus, when he was dealing with, after he had, he was driven out into the wilderness after being baptized by John in the Jordan River. And um, he had the encounter with Satan and Satan told him to turn, um, told him to turn um, stones into bread. And then also too, he was like, well, if you jump off the temple, then the angels will come and get you. And it was like, you know, you don't tempt, you don't tempt God. It just so happens if you come across, even I believe Paul in the book of Acts, just so happens um, when he shipwrecked, came across what I believe is a scorpion that bit him and then supernaturally, he was healed. So if so happens, something like this befalls you, then you're able to overcome, but you don't actively try to like seek to do these things to prove the power of God. That's ignorance. And that's um, lack of being biblically sound and doctrinally sound. It says, so then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And he went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following, amen. So the word, they said, and confirming the word with signs following. So when you're in a church service, you gotta make sure you just not seeking after signs. You gotta make sure that it's doctrinally sound that whatever preaching or teaching that you're hearing is doctrinally sound. You're not going after supernatural experience and seeking a bunch of supernatural experience, but it's not biblically sound. It's not based on the word of God. So we can see that as for the believers of today, we still have the power and the anointing to do great works, just like Jesus and the disciples um, were doing um, and the early church um, were commissioned to still do those things. Now I know like in most Pentecostal churches, they try to operate like um, the junior church of Rome, uh, Roman Catholicism, they try to make it seem like, well, you know, you have laity, but if somebody has a demon, you have to like call um, the priests who are specially trained and exorcism to exercise that demon out of that person. Um, even with that, we'll, uh, 
a future podcast, we'll get into the difference of even how Roman Catholic priests, how they do the exorcism. Um, a lot of it is based on magical formulas and other things and all. You're calling like saints and using all these different names and calling down angels and other things, um, invoking angels and all to try to cast out um, these devils, which is ineffective, is fully in ineffective. But then also too, within a large amount of Pentecostal churches, um, well, only the ministers, they can do this laity, you know, only the ministers who are licensed, they're able to do this. No, um, any Bible believing, spirit filled believer has the authority to cast out demons if need be. So you may be in a situation where nobody is around, you're the only believer and um, somebody is demonically possessed, begins to manifest these demons. You don't need to fear what's going on. If you're in right standing with God and you're walking um, in the fullness of the Holy Spirit and you're in right relationship, you have the authority to cast out any unclean spirit out of a person. So this is what some of the early Christians had to say about exercising or casting out devils. When we look at origin um, against Celsius uh, 1 and 67, it says Christians still expel demons and heal the sick. Uh, when we go on and we look at, again, origins in his writings against um, Celsius 7 and 4, prophets become clearer of mind. Every Christian, even new ones, have no problem casting out demons. We look at the writings of Tortillian Apology 27. The whole power of demons and kindred spirits are subject to us. Um, when we look at the other writings with Tortillian Souls Testimony 1 and 3, only Christians can expel demons from people. So only Christians can truly be effective in casting out demons out of an individual. All right. Last but least, we looked at Justin Martyr's writings, Dialogue 76 and 6. It says, he, Christ, said, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and on all the might of the enemy. And now we who believe on our Lord Jesus, who was crucified under Pontius Pilate, when we exercise all demons and evil spirits, have then subject to us. So all demon spirits are subject to us. So definitely a difference in the exorcism that Jesus conducted the spiritual warfare, the hand-to-hand -hand spiritual combat that Jesus conducted while he was on this earth, that he's left this with us, is definitely different from the pagan exorcists um, and people who are in the occult and in people that were Jewish exorcists. They use other means of magic incantation, incantations and trying to invoke um, lesser deities or these gods um, to bring these spirits out. Um, we have the power of the Holy Spirit 
because Acts 1 and 8 says you should receive power once the Holy, Holy Ghost comes up on you. So you're a Bible-believing, spirit-filled individual. You definitely have the power to cast out devils. Um, thank you. Um, continue to listen in to um, our podcast. Share this podcast with others. Um, please follow us. Um, please pray for me as I pray for you. God bless. This is the end time show far.